You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So exciting to have you here with us. My name is JJ Jackson. On today's show, Ryan Lavoie joins me as we discuss a lot of things going on in the Duke athletics world. We'll touch on some other stories from around the ACC talk about his North Carolina Tar Heels, and more. We always keep tabs on our in-state rivals here on the program. If you haven't done so already, follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Make sure you follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Got a lot to discuss. So we'll take a quick break and dive right in right here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. It is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the latest odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's brand new. That is brand new from our friends over at Bet Online. If you use promo code Locked On and sign up today, you receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo and make a bet on Thursday, September 9th's season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all these great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to use promo code Locked On. Ryan Lavoie joins me on today's program. He is a professional radio broadcaster in the state of Alabama and a lifelong North Carolina Tar Heels fan. His parents both attended the university. He's been on this podcast a number of times, and we're here to discuss everything going on in the wide world of ACC sports. Ryan, here we are, single digits away from a kickoff for Duke football and other schools in the ACC. Single digits, man, nine days away. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. And, and I like that you continue to introduce me as the North Carolina fan uh, just to make sure if any, there's any new listeners to the podcast, hey, this guy does not root for the team that we <laughs> like. So if he says anything negative, you attack him. That's you take it with a grain of salt, yeah. I like that. But you're doing okay? Yeah, doing well. And like you said, I mean, with, with college football right around the corner, obviously broadcasting and, and doing stuff in Alabama, uh, you know, that's what Alabamians live for. Uh, the state of North Carolina, uh, football's fine. Uh, basketball's better. And in this state, in Alabama, uh, every every clock is turned towards the countdown towards football. So it's something that you just kind of know. Uh, the summer months are just so that you can get to the fun stuff in the fall. Let's get to college football in just a little bit. May touch on a couple of basketball things as well. But I actually want to start in the NFL, Ryan, is obviously uh, it's a, a sport that we both love. Uh, you are a season ticket holder for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so you very much so love the NFL as the reigning Super Bowl champs. But where we want to go is obviously 
with the Duke Blue Devils. You've watched the NFL a lot. We've discussed the NFL at length over a variety of different platforms and for different purposes. Daniel Jones goes into yet another year as the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Two years in the books due to some Auburn connections with Darius Slayton there at wide receiver, uh, both coming into the league at the same time. It's actually a team that we've been following over the past two seasons. Uh, Saquon Barkley, a skilled running back. But to, how would you assess the first two years for Daniel Jones in New York? Passable. Um, I, I think all things considering, um, look, it, his numbers went down last year. There, there's no if ands, or buts about that. He had 24 touchdown passes in his rookie season, and uh, some of those came against my Buccaneers. Uh, I remember that comeback victory for the Giants very well. Uh, <laughs> I was very uh, upset. But last year, just 11 TDs, and that's not going to cut it in the quarterback position. But why I'm not going to be overwhelmingly critical is because, well, what should make that team go is Saquon Barkley, and who was out most of the year, if not all, basically all the year, was Saquon Barkley. So, you know, I, I think even with quarterbacks, a lot of times we, we tend to look at their skill positions, their offensive line, and in particular with skill positions, their wide receivers. What, what do they have there? And I think the Giants have a, a solid collection of wide receivers. I don't think it's elite, but it's not the bottom of the league either. But what makes them tick is that they have one of the truly special talents, a running back. And to not have that for Daniel Jones last year, in just your second year in the league, when really your sophomore, I mean, it's a sophomore slump for a reason. Everyone has the film on you for one year. So year two, a lot of times, is the toughest year in your career because you're have, for the first time, people have adjusted to what you do. And to not have your dude in the backfield, Saquon Barkley, that makes it so much more harder. So. I don't think you can look at Daniel Jones and say that you're thrilled with how it's turned out so far, but I definitely don't think that you're one bad game away from panicking and giving up. So I think that the promise, the potential is still there, but I think what you are starting to get into is when he got drafted, a lot of people I feel like compared him a little bit to Eli Manning. And I still see that through two years. And the reason is, is we always questioned how good Eli Manning really was. In the regular season, he seemed like an average quarterback. In the playoffs, he was elite in the playoffs. And, and so with Daniel Jones, right, so far, he looks average. But can you get a team, you get a healthy Saquon Barkley, you get the defense better, that gets you in position for Daniel Jones to make a real big impact, for him to prove himself, maybe in the postseason or maybe in, in important division games late in the season. So that's what I want to see because so far, numbers-wise, on what we've seen on the field, it's pretty average. It's not something that you get incredibly excited about. But it's been two years, and like I said, you lose Saquon Barkley, that changed things a lot for him last year. Do you remember the turf monster run that Daniel Jones had? Yes. The 70-some-hour run. <laughs> well, and, and that's something, too, though, that I think people should put into his quarterback equation is I was looking up the numbers just a moment ago because I, I didn't have any comprehension for what kind of rushing yards he would have. He had over 400 rushing yards. And for an NFL quarterback, that's pretty pretty good. Um, not, not everyone's Lamar Jackson getting read option 20 times. Yeah. So I, I think that that's an element to his game that can really complement it. You see Josh Allen in Buffalo. I, he became a really good passer last year, but he was still serviceable the year before that because he ran pretty well. He ran himself out of trouble at times. And I think that's something that Daniel Jones can do in his game. If He, he might not ever become an elite passer. We'll see. 
But if he can just be a, a, a solid passer, complement that with an important run game, the, the kind of run game that on third and seven, you roll out, you don't find anything, you can get go get that first down, or the kind of run game that just on occasion you can catch the defense napping with a planned run, that can complement your game in a way that can boost you. So I, I think that's something that people should monitor as well as we continue to see Daniel Jones progress is if his running game continues to be an important part of his equation. We're certainly going to re- be rooting for him, as obviously he's one of the premier uh, Duke players in the NFL, top 10 pick. And uh, it's Ryan LaVoy joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils. You mentioned Eli Manning, another David Cutcliffe guy. Uh, and uh, let's continue that discussion with Cutcliffe, guys. We're big on association to the Duke football tree here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Uh, recently, Peyton Manning was inducted into the Hall of Fame. David Cutcliffe obviously served as his coordinator at the University of Tennessee, and uh, it was somebody that Peyton Manning has often talked about praising his development, how much he's meant. Peyton and Eli Manning have spent a number of days around the Duke football program, training there in Durham in the offseason to continue to get some work with David Cutcliffe. Just your thoughts on on Peyton Manning making it into the Hall of Fame officially. We knew it was coming, but I just wanted to hear you speak on it. Yeah, no, I mean, no surprise at all. I think it speaks volumes, all the people that attended his ceremony, right? Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady probably had the most difficulty in his career with Peyton Manning. Um, That's a guy that was actually able to beat him in important moments, important games. And Eli Manning. I'd say the Manning family (laughs) would be one and two. Um, But, yeah, now, of course, Peyton Manning for a long time was – it was Brady and Manning, Brady versus Manning, Brady versus Manning. And so – he obviously was prolific, and I think that I, I love career arcs like his because you say, well, he didn't come out of nowhere. No, I was, of course not. He didn't come out of nowhere. He was really well regarded at Tennessee, but he was so bad to start his NFL career, and I think that's always an important story is not giving up on someone the first sign of trouble, and I think that runs deep with Duke. I know Peyton Manning's not a Duke guy, but the connection's there. David Cutcliffe's first four or five years at Duke were not great. It was what Duke was accustomed to, three and four and five win seasons. Well, he eventually is the guy to get Duke to an ACC championship game for the first time in a very long time, or I guess the first ever ACC championship game they went to. Um, Duke's basketball coach, you might have heard of him, Coach K. Yeah. He, his first few years at Duke were, were very pedestrian. In today's times, Coach K might get fired without the name recognition he has now. I mean, some uh, some young guy from Army, first three years or so, not great. Yeah, Like, that doesn't make it in today's society because we're so damn impatient all the time. But with Coach K, with Coach Cutcliffe, varying degree success, obviously, but way better than how they started. And it, I feel like in today's society, they're giving up on. So with Peyton Manning, you know, everyone would be talking about the plethora of interceptions he threw his first year or two. Well, he, can, he comes back from that and becomes one of, I would say, five, six, seven greatest quarterbacks of all time. That's unbelievable. Compare, because once again, we kill people for like one bad year. It's like Josh Rosen in the NFL right now, is his career's shot <laughs> because he had one pedestrian year on a pedestrian team. Um, and so I, I appreciate Peyton Manning because it wasn't always easy in the National Football League for him. And then once he came on top, he always had great humility. He was a great competitor. And so, yeah, Peyton Manning deserved to be in the Hall of Fame the second he became, he became eligible. He's one of the great quarterbacks of all time. 
And and yeah, it's cool to have those Manning and Cutcliffe connections still running through the Duke football program. Excellent stuff. Ryan LaVoy joining us here on the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. Follow us on Twitter again at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson, your host. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Let's talk 2021 football next here on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, celebrate the freedom of choice with all of their amazing flavors. Did you know that they had so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, then you're missing out. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. That's just to name a few. You know what my favorite flavor is? Well, it's definitely cookies and cream. It's so good. It's healthy, covered in 100% chocolate, and yet I've got so much energy after eating it. That is 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Wow, that's awesome. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Order today and you got to try the new flavor. It's Grasshopper Cookie. It's a really good one or just order whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. Isn't that great? Getting ready for some Olympics, track and field events and that sort of thing. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E. D15 for 15% off your next order. Welcome back into the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. JJ Jackson hanging out with Ryan Lavoy here today as we take a look at Duke football going into 2021. 39 turnovers last year for the Duke Blue Devils. Chase Bryce, the biggest problem with those. No longer with the program, Gunnar Holmberg takes over at that position. Really don't need to sum up 2020, Ryan, because I just did in in one sentence. 39 turnovers. Yeah, well, I think Chase Bryce, look, from a national perspective, there's not going to be many guys on Duke that that people just know as household names. But Chase Bryce had the potential to be one of those guys. Transferring over from Clemson, he played that that one game for Trevor Lawrence where he kind of kept Clemson afloat and they they did not blow a a game to an inferior opponent. And so I think there was optimism there. There was a belief that Chase Bryce could actually be a really good college quarterback. He's just behind Trevor Lawrence. And that's, that happens sometimes. The backup is good, too, so if, you're, if you're backing up a great player like that. But unfortunately, you're right. I mean, it's, what, 15 interceptions for Chase Bryce, and he didn't technically play the entire season because he got removed towards the end of the year. Um, it, it, was, it was not a good season. And... For a team like Duke that kind of plays the lower scoring games, they kind of slog it out a little bit more, the turnovers become that much more important because that's a higher percentage of your possessions that are turnovers. And the Duke that I think was best throughout David Cutcliffe's time is a a team that can win some lower scoring games and and the pace is not cutthroat because let's be honest, one of the challenges at Duke is because of academic standards, because of program history, they don't always have the same horses that Absolutely. everyone else has. And so that's why they don't try to play necessarily as fast. Now, with as with everybody the last five to ten years of college football, they themselves have spread out more. They they can go a little faster at times. Like they like pretty much everyone functions the same unless you're running triple option. It it feels like at times. But still, when Duke has been at its best under David Cutcliffe, they've 
had a lower scoring ball game. Well, it's impossible to do that if you're setting your team up, the other team up, for points on your side of the field two or three times a game. I mean, that that's like three points all the time. And then that makes you play different. That kind of, if turnovers breed turnovers, because then you're just doing more of the thing that you turned over in the first place. So, obviously, they had just an awful season last year. And I I'm, I think it's a big year for David Cutcliffe. It's a big year for the program to see, you know, if I may say this, that this could be the last year for David Cutcliffe uh, if things go poorly. Yeah. Um, whether he wants it to be or not. But if they turn around, which it, they can, I was telling you earlier a few weeks ago, it's like I know the perception around Duke is not good. I know that they're not projected to be really good this year. But is it really – like if you find something in your quarterback position, if you find a, a position group that you didn't expect to be good that becomes better than you thought, is this conference really so impossible that you can't see them turning it around into a bowl team? Like I, I'm, I'm not – saying that is what you should expect but i'm saying that it's not out of the realm of possibility it definitely could be a possibility if, if you're right if, if certain things fall in the right order coach cutcliffe turning 67 years old in the middle of september so that's something that uh, obviously is going to be uh, taken stock in and we'll see how it all plays out i mean gunner holmberg stepping into that quarterback position is somebody that i'm excited to see for a full year uh, and i can't wait for next friday against charlotte to see what he's got in him. Mateo Durant, 817 rushing yards last year. Did, what Has never been the primary back in his entire career, and yet is already getting all ACC buzz. Uh, kind of worries me because you look at the rest of Duke's offense and you don't see a whole lot. So I have the sense that opposing defenses in the ACC are going to be able to key in on the backfield for Duke and understand that uh, the ball's probably going to Durant. So I'm hopeful that other guys... And step up and that sort of thing to uh to see how the offense kind of plays out yeah i mean that's always the thing you worry about when you you know you can do one of the things yeah. well and you have no idea if you can do the other thing well or not um but I, I think that here's what i would say i don't think the quarterback play could be a whole lot worse last year and he averaged what six seven yards a yeah. carry so i i don't think that it's going to be just get stacked up at the line. Right. And, and also it comes into play with who you're playing. Like, okay, for if you're playing Clemson, yeah, you better be able to do more than one thing well because they'll just they're really good and they'll key on that one thing and you'll you'll be stymied. But that this is where I go back into like yes, Duke could go four and eight, but they could win seven or eight because there's only two or three teams that I think are just far and away better. Duke would have to do so much to overcome it that Look, do you really think that Pittsburgh can just do whatever they want with you? Do you, do you really think that someone like uh, Georgia Tech or Virginia is just going to absolutely cut you off from accomplishing anything you want to do on offense? There's a lot of very average teams in this league, and it can spit out a lot of different seven and five and six and six type teams. So I think you you obviously start with your running game, and if you're Duke with Mateo Durant. You use him to make your quarterback better. You you really emphasize you emphasize the play action game. You emphasize maybe some some of the more traditional passing concepts that you know. Why do we need to spread it out four wide and pass on first and ten? You know we don't have to do that. And so I think that there's a way that 
not only can they still run the ball effectively, they can make their passing game better because they have a good running back. Look, they're trying to key on your running back. That That's the whole thing. You've got eight in the box. Well, let's do some play action and throw it down the field. Now, to be fair, I don't know what Duke has on the outside. I don't know if they have any guys they like for a deep thread, that sort of thing. But that's something that you're hopefully figuring out here in, in fall camp and, and leading up to the first game. Because uh, that play action, that's, that is your best form of deception when it comes to having a good running game but a passing game that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah, a wide receiver room with Jalen Calhoun, Jake Bobo, Eli Pancold. Duke fans obviously are, are, are well aware of that position, but it's something we discuss on the Locked On ACC podcast. Outside of Mateo Durant, it's an offense and a defense to a certain degree as well. That And you mentioned it right off the top, to a national level, which national Duke's never been on that brand recognition on the football scheme, but even in the ACC, not many people know kind of the skill guys. Hopefully that changes for the Blue Devils in 2021, that a couple of more faces and, and names are more well-known throughout the conference. Let's get out of here on this. Obviously, I mentioned Locked on ACC. We've done our college football preview that folks can find on the Locked on ACC podcast channel. And uh, I have been, and I don't like this, but uh, people have actually been a little surprised by how dismissive I've been of the ACC Coastal outside of the North Carolina Tar Heels. And understanding the fact that your North Carolina Tar Heels come into this year as the favorites to win that division, as a team that has a, a Heisman contender at quarterback in Sam Howe, but also understanding, and this was thrown my way time and time again on Locked on ACC. I want to talk to a Tar Heel about this itself. It's a skill group that lost over 4,000 yards of combined all-purpose production. That is a crazy 4,000 yards combined of all-purpose yard production, no longer a part of the Tar Heel football team in 2021. And for whatever reason, I don't care. I want to be wrong, Ryan. I don't want North Carolina to be this team that's representing the Coastal in the ACC championship game. But I just feel I, I feel confident in them. I, I think the only team that can stop North Carolina is Miami. But first and foremost, and Miami got slopped by North Carolina. I don't know if that's even a word, but yeah. they got destroyed by North Carolina in uh, Coral Gables. And De'Ara King back is going gonna, is gonna to give them a chance. So I, I do think that it's not a runaway for Carolina. I think that Carolina-Miami game will decide it. Um, but the reason that I think no one's worried about it is the most important players back, and that's your quarterback and that's Sam Howell. And there's elements there to where you're not having to really reach that far to see how Carolina can replace what they lost. Like Javante Williams and Michael Carter were awesome. I think I think both of them will have NFL careers. I think one of the two will have a, a really good NFL career. Um, but Ty Chandler from Tennessee is a very quality running back. And so Carolina might not have the one-two they had last year, but they will have one. They will have somebody that can be a 1,000-yard rusher. And then with their wide receiving core, well, everyone loved Deami Brown, but Coffrey Brown has got the same kind of makeup to him. He's a little smaller, but he's absolutely going to be a huge deep threat, and we know Sam Howell loves that deep ball. He's bre he's breaking a lot of his older brother's speed records and that sort of yes. thing. So, so Coffrey, faster. Wow. <laughs> so another Brown will be out there, and I think the replacement for Daz Newsom, this, this guy is more different, um, but the fact that Bo Corrales 
probably should have been a big part of last year's offense, and he was injured a lot. Uh, Bo Corrales is somebody that was projected to possibly be an NFL draft pick, and he got injured really early, and that kind of all went away. But Bo Corrales is an experienced player that can be a matchup problem because of his size, and so I don't think it's far-fetched for him to have a 600, 700-yard season this year and be a really solid number two. And, of course, you know, look, sometimes it's important, but sometimes it's not. When you have a good set of skill position players, there is an element of trust that the next guys up will be pretty good too because, look, you turn the rosters over constantly. So guys you've never heard of all of a sudden become 600-yard receivers and then 1,000-yard receivers within two years. They went from I don't know who that is to I want him on my team. Yeah. And so I've got two right there with Coffee Brown and Bo Corrales that I think can contribute. You really just need one, maybe two more to do something positive for you. And then, of course, real quickly, their defense. They got 10 starters back. Anytime you got 10 of starters back, you trusted a lot. And, and that was probably the weak point for North Carolina was, was the defense was hit or miss. If you got 10 guys back, you got a lot of experience. You figure they're going to develop. They're 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds are going to develop. So their defense should be competent this year. It's not going to be excellent. It's not Clemson, but it should not lose them games this year. If it's any better, then it's going to be serviceable. So I I don't think North Carolina has playoff potential. I don't think they're in that tier. But I would be very, personally, I'd be very disappointed if they did not win the ACC Coastal because I do think they're better than Miami. I, I'm not worried, like I said, about those skill position players. Their whole offensive line's back, and that's that's huge for protecting your most right. valuable asset, Sam Howell. And so I, I, I would be let down. I, I'm scared to death of Virginia Tech week one because it's a Friday night in Blacksburg, and they are some of the loudest night game crowds I've ever <laughs> seen. And, and so that's a, that's a tr- tricky one to start off with. If they get through that, Carolina's a 10-win team. Because they're only going to lose to Miami or Notre, and Notre Dame or or one or neither uh, from there, but um, it it yeah, I think you're you are well placed to have confidence in North Carolina this year. It's still weird to say because it's not like the history of North Carolina football is this elaborately cool thing. It's, right. it's very hit or miss. But I will say the best part of their history. The coach that did it then is the coach now, and you can see that upward trend. And the most important position on the field, they've got a great one at it. Sam Howell gets ready for another year as the quarterback. Ryan Lavoy joining us here on the podcast today. Thanks for being here, man. I just I can't wait for games to actually be played. So we've got real material to talk about. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's so close. I don't know how much we'll watch. I'll watch week zero this weekend. Um, but uh, certainly when it kicks off, and you start to go with a UCF-Boise State game at Sneaky Good. You get in the ACC and SEC play over the weekend. Like I said, Carolina on that Friday night, September 3rd. Really excited. Um, and it's going to be really exciting to see the big crowds, too. It's going to be loud. It's going to be tough to play on the road again. That's why I said that Carolina-Virginia Tech game, I'm scared to death already. For Next it. Friday night, Carolina-Virginia Tech and Duke versus Charlotte. What great matchups we've got there One in the of ACC. these things is not like <laughs> yeah. the other. We'll see you next time, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. That's Ryan Lavoie joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils, and that wraps up today's edition of the podcast. Send us any questions you've got for our Mailbag Monday edition of the program on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils or send an email, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. As announced on Twitter, again, at LO underscore Blue Devils, our special guest 
Coming up on Friday on this very podcast is Dick Vitale. As he says, it's going to be awesome, baby. So make sure you're listening to that. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. For Ryan Lavoy, I am JJ Jackson. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you and good day.